Hey everyone, it's Joe. Welcome to another episode of the Future Business Analyst podcast. My guest today is Paul Ben, a self-employed business analyst, a coach, a mentor, and a conference organizer of Capability Drive. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hi, thanks, Joe. It's uh, good to be here. Um, yeah, um, thanks for inviting me. Um, I was surprised when, when you said uh, I've got a voice and I thought, oh, I've never thought of myself as having a voice. So, yeah, thank you for inviting me and um, it's good to see you again and be a part of what you're doing. Yeah, no, it is nice. I appreciate you you braving this this pod, you know. It could be a little bit um, daunting, sort of trying to put our ideas out there, particularly for something as unknown as the future. So, yeah, I'm glad you're happy to have a spin of this and we'll see what we come up with at the end of the episode. To start us off, though, tell me, how did you get into business analysis? What's your backstory? Um, I actually think my the way I've gone to business is pretty boring because um, it's probably the way that most of us get into business analysis, and that is uh, by default. Um, and that is uh, I was working um, for Old Mutual in Cape Town okay. as a portfolio administrator. Um, didn't have a clue about business analysis at that point in time, what it is, what it was about. And I was then asked to work on a project to implement a new reporting system okay. from overseas. And then I essentially filled the role of a business analyst on that project together with a colleague of mine. And um, you know, we implemented the project. We then went over to UK. Um, probably spent more time in pubs than we actually did in the office, but we, we got some work done. And um, and uh, then came back and there was often say, "Well, we think you should be a business analyst." Like, okay, what what is that? And then okay. yeah. that's that's how I got into it. And, I, and I, yeah, um, and, and the, the more and more I, I speak and coach with people, the more and more I realize that, that I think it's the, the way the majority of us get into it. Um, you know, it's not something that you know you go to uni and you you learn. I'm yeah. I'm going to do uh, be a business analyst. You go, you know, you yeah. go study information technology or whatever, and then and then you end up later on in life becoming a BA. Yeah, no, it is, it is, yeah, it is a sort of similar story for many of us. Interesting, I mean, I do, I do quite a bit of sort of guest lecturing at universities, and I must say, I feel like that route from university to business analysis is becoming a little more trodden than it has in the past. But, but still, you're right. I feel like you, you either come from the left, sort of business into this profession or you come from the right you come from sort of i don't know a development or a test sort of deeper down the sdlc and then mm-hmm. in into it but um yeah it's often accidental isn't it and I, i'm assuming you were sort of sme slash ba that was yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah you said i mean I, I i had become the sme um on the project um together with my colleague and um that's how that's how we were then trans and moved across into business that it probably wasn't only because only two years later that i actually formally went and did a qualification in business analysis at um a company that i shall not mention in your in your, in your. <laughs> you're too kind <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, uh, tell me, how many years have you been in this game? What 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 sort of numbers are we talking? <laughs> I actually was looking at yesterday because I'm busy updating my LinkedIn profile, um, and it's twenty eight, just over twenty eight years now. Okay, twenty eight years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yet I'm still sixteen. Do the math. Yeah. Uh, how, how, how does that work? But um, I mean, let's let's just say that's a chunk, right? That, that that's a good that, that that's a good chunk. So, talk to me about the evolution that you've seen over that twenty eight years. I'm interested to hear your perspective on this. And the reason I say your perspective is because of that SME coming from business. Often, when I speak yep. to people who've approached this profession from the other side, let's say programming or something. They describe it in a particular way, and I'm interested to see if if you've got similar observations, having come from a sort of different source to them. What's what's the what evolution have you seen? Um, it's quite that's quite an interesting uh, question. I was hosting a podcast last week um, with Eagle from Australia, and he was talking about specialization versus generalization, and and it actually triggered this the answer to this this question actually because when i started out as a business i was an sme um in reporting okay and so i started out as a reporting specialist that was what i was um the first 10 years of my career as a business analyst was reporting that's all i did um and um i then went to go study at the nameless company and uh to be a business analyst and uh that kind of sort of like opened my world a little bit more and say okay well um there's a lot more to this this craft of business analysis than just me uh configuring a system understanding what the users need designing a report putting it in place and so forth and so on but the problem was that i had become stuck in the role that i was in because uh, I was seen as a reporting specialist and that's all I was seen as. Yeah. And I wasn't going to be moved off anything else because reporting was was their bread and butter. Um, I then got an offer at a company called, back then it was called FinSource, it's now called Making Fund Services and, uh, and I think they've just changed their name again. But um, uh, I remember... I've been 10 years that I've moved to at that point and really kind of umming and eye. And I only mention it because I think it's really important for, for BAs out there when they think about their career progression. I remember my manager at the time, um, the late Howard Smith, saying, Paul, if you don't have put your resignation on my desk by the end of the day, I'm going to kick you out. <laughs> um, I'm like, I was like, what? Am I that bad? And he, and he said, no, no. He said, no, if you want to grow, you've got to get out. You've got to go and experience the world. And so I then went across to to, to um, make your fine services. And I started working, I started working on reporting, but I got involved in other projects as well. And that was the, the move from specialist into generalization. And I think for the next few years, that's exactly what I did. I started to generalize and start to spread out, spread out, spread out, spread out, um, and a lot more. Um, in in that process as well, starting a, a boot job. Remember, my background is not IT at all. I had no IT background. Yeah. 
I think the only IT I'd done at, at uni was um, computer systems. You know, uh, remember those big floppy disks? Uh, Sticking and stick out. That's what I got taught on on that. Yeah. I did one programming course in COBOL. I never got it to compile. I handed it in. I said, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, but you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a coder. I've got some. Yeah. I've got SQL skills, but um, that has been self-taught as I've gone along. Yeah. So once I've studied business analysis and I've got my certification. A lot of the skills I've learned is being just trying things and doing some sort of peripheral stuff and, and, and working out what works for me, what doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, I think the next big interesting change for me in business analysis was um, when Ryan Foster approached me to run the um, webinars in South Africa. Right. That was the next big step for me because um, that volunteer process started and kicked off another aspect of my career because then suddenly I thought, mm, okay, there's a lot more to what I really know. I thought I knew everything. There's a lot more to what I really know. And then the certification thing started to kick into me. Into me. Now, I don't say to everyone go and do certification. I think you've got to have a really good reason and you got it for certification. Um, for me, I knew I wanted to go into that that kind of thought leadership where I can I can um, influence people um, in their careers. Um, and so for me, certification was a way of getting a bit of that street credit, credibility. Say, look, you know, I've got something behind me. Kind of understand the process, and um, together with all the experience, I can do this. Um, and then that kind of kicked into the next process of of opening up the international opportunities, which is when I made the point to move to New Zealand after I made an offer in New Zealand. And I think that's also important because that evolution in my career kind of was sparked by a conversation with my brother who, who lives in New Zealand as well. Um, and he said, uh, Paul, stop thinking of yourself as a citizen of South Africa, but as a citizen of the global world. Um, and that was way before we had, uh, you know, with, with Teams and Zooms and having online meetings and yeah. virtual meetings was a big thing. It was, I mean, yeah. it was, it was there, but it wasn't a big thing as it is now. Um, and so that was interesting because as soon as I started to think, think of that, my, my whole sort of viewpoint of like, you know, that I'll always work here, always be in this place, always in that, yeah. will stay the same. And I think that's also led to me now being where I am today in that I I have become self-employed and I work across the world now. So, you know, I can, I do some work in Australia. I do some work up in Auckland and Wellington and, um, and it's really become that bigger space for me to be able to be, use my talents in a, in a particular way and to productize what I do yeah. um, rather than tied to a fixed role and a fixed system and a fixed way of doing things. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in a nutshell, I mean, I could go on this topic forever, but in a nutshell, that's kind of my progression. Where yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, every, everybody's journey 
is is different what i was sort of trying to bounce off what i was trying to hear you know sort of i'm always interested about how people have seen business analysis develop like over their careers <clears throat> right because because um things do shift and change but we all have different perspectives of it as well uh, and what i typically hear from the people who did start in programming is that they they sort of perceive that this profession has moved closer to the business over the years and i i, I don't dispute that i think I, I, I think it has but then it's interesting to speak to you as somebody who came from the business and like the little things that i heard you drop in there was like i needed to get a bit more technical i sort of had a dabble in COBOL. i know a little bit of sql so you got these people who are sort of moving across the one way and their their strength is technical so they're trying to get that business but for you because your strength was business you're you're trying to get that technical which sort of shows that mm. like the evolution of this thing is different mm. for different people um uh, and sort of where they came from but but one thing that you said in there i i, I want to sort of let, let's let's sort of pull this back now into talking about the, the the future rather than the past um and perhaps the profession more broadly i feel like you gave a great example of that and and you made me think of the word typecast. So when you were first employed and you were this reporting SME and you got pulled into business analysis and you were a business analysis reporting SME, mm. right? And and, mm. and 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 you were told to leave, but you were typecast, right? Do you think business analysts broadly are typecast um, when you think about, well, you know, what do other people think about the profession? Are we sort of stereotyped? Are we typecast as well? I think we are typecast, but I think a typecast is coming from a misunderstanding of what we do. Um, so um, I'm not sure what it, what it's like in South Africa. I haven't been, um, but one of the things that um, that I've noticed here yeah, in in New Zealand um, is that business particularly typecast as either documenters or uh, let's bundle all these tasks that we haven't got time to do and, and give it over to, to business analysts. Um, and what I am seeing, and, and it was interesting you made that comment, um, that business has been drawn, that are, I'm seeing business has been drawn closer to the business um, than, than anything else. And, I, and I, I think there's a bit of a danger in that. Um, because we, if you're working on, on say like an IT related project, you kind of need to be in the middle between the two because you need to be helping. And, and I'm not going to use that, that old cliche uh, about, about the bridge because okay. I don't agree with it. You just but, did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so we, we, we've, we've got to kind of sit in the middle and be helping these two sides to, to, to come together and understand each other. Um, and when we get drawn more to the business side, I think we, we kind of lose the focus of, uh, and the understanding of what's happening in the technical side. And I'll give an example of that, of, of that. So we, we know that the, you know, the next revolution that, that seems to be on the horizon is AI and, and, and all of that. Now, what the thing that's interesting to me is how many BAs are not actually picking up, up on that because they're so close to the business side. That they're not got their eyes and focus on what's happening in the technology world that I can bring into the business and help the business with. 
But don't, I mean, if I look at the kind of things that are posted about AI, it comes from a lot of people from a lot of different industries, a lot of different specialities. It could be marketing, for example, or, you know, it could be some somebody in a sort of manufacturing space. So I do feel that AI is probably something that is visible to everybody, I would suggest, and not just IT folk. Do, do, do you see it differently? Oh, no, 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 I don't see, no, I agree that what, what I think the point I was trying to make is uh, how few BAs are, are tapping into the AI. Think about that, 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 that video that uh, Fabrico posted. Yeah. Um, we had that, that, and I'm not sure whether it was a, a staged or, or whether it was an actual chatbot, but it doesn't matter that the concept was there. Um, yeah. And how he used that so effectively to use AI to help him as a business analyst. Yep. Yeah. Now, um, what I picked up in that video is he didn't he didn't pass on his skills to an AI um, machine. He actually employed and used conceptual thinking. He asked questions. He used some observation of the data that came out. Um, he uh, he had a systems thinking approach to it. You know, he would like ask the chatbot, give me this kind of information um, and uh, include the following, following, and all that. So he was still using business skill. He was just using the chatbot to be more effective in using the skills. Yeah. Now, the thing is, what I'm seeing is that, and, and I've had a few conversations now, interesting, one organization here in Wellington has banned the use of chat GPT yeah. in, in organization. And um, the the point is like, yeah, but we're scared of data loss and data breaches yeah. and all that. Well, yeah, okay, that, that is that is a real risk. But instead of banning it, how do we use it effectively and properly and safely? Safely. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, and in talking to, to other business about it, um, a lot of them, no, well, I'm not using, I'm not using any AI, I'm not using any chat GPT, I'm not, because I think it's unethical and because I think it's, you know, it's not my work and all that. And, and, and that's why I think that BAs need to kind of like really make sure that they're on tune with what's happening on, on the outside. You don't have to be technical, you don't have to be a programmer, but um, just understanding the concepts out there and, and the use cases and how you could apply it within, within your, your, your current role. I think one of the, one of the things that's been very successful in my career is the, the number of different industries I've worked in. Yeah. Um, and and that is so I've worked in defence, I've worked in health, I've worked in logistics, I've worked in banking, finance, investments, I've worked in health, I've worked in local government, national government, um, insurance, and that. But the one common thing is that I've found across all of them is that what I've learned from each of them, I can bring into the others and start to apply that that knowledge yeah and um you know and it's the same concept yeah it's, it's being able to kind of look at what's happening in ai space and say what can i do within my organization to help me and the business um and coming back to and i know i'm waffling a bit here but but to come back to your to to your um your earlier comment um about uh, ai coming out of marketing and all that and, and yes 100 percent should be but also remember you as a big business analyst, your fundamental role is to influence decisions. Mm. 
I know the battle talks about change, but if you really go down deep into it, it's about influencing decisions, about influencing strategy, about influencing people to take a direction, to make a decision. Um, and so you should be at the forefront of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in there. Um, there's a couple of things I want to jump back to. Let's, let's jump back first of all. I, I, I want to talk about, you, you say you've worked in a number of different industries. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um Something I can relate to, I have too. And, and, and I, I felt one thing it gave me was context independence. And what I mean by that is it actually doesn't matter what project you put me in, what industry that you put me in. I've sort of got the pure skills that I need to be able to do a problem-solving job, a, an influencing a decision kind of job, an enabling change kind of job. Have you found as well that that sort of, um, like having, having had that breadth of experience, that it actually just almost just lifts up those core skills for you. It does. And, and I've seen my role as, as part of the reason why I've gone independent and as a contractor. Um, so because I find more and more that I've been brought in as almost like an advisor. Okay. You know, uh, how do you think we should tackle this? How do you think we should solve this? How do you, what's your thoughts? You know, those, those are the typical kind of questions that, that I'm getting now as opposed to, in the past, um, can you do a requirements document on the following? Or can you find out what the requirements of this is now? It's more the, the, the question and the way I'm being, I'm being involved is mm. different. So, uh, you know, it's interesting that I do a very little requirements document writing now, um, and more business and as consulting. Yeah. Um, helping organizations kind of figure out their direction and, 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 and that kind of stuff. And I, and I think that, that that's not only because of the breadth of the industry that I've worked in and being able to apply different uh, concepts across the industry, but also because of the years experience I've, I've got working yeah. in the industry. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you know, I want to be so, so bold as to say that, and, and, and I might not be making this as explicit for like this future business analyst kind of questions that I've been asking, mm-hmm. but, but, but one of the things that does, I, I almost feel like you're saying it in a different way to what everybody else has said it. So other people mm-hmm. have talked about, you know, in the future, there's going to be this place where the business analyst is that trusted advisor. And then what I'm hearing you say is you've reached that point where you're not really doing requirement specs anymore. You are, Mm. advising business on, on, on some of those higher level sort of, you know, like a consultant basically. So then, I th- <laughs> then I'm trying to spot, well, what's the evidence then? What, what, what is it that Paul's done or Paul's doing to be able to reach that point where he has sort of positioned himself in that space? And I mean, I must say, I, I look at it and go, well, it's the amount of experience, isn't it? It's like you're not following a book, you're not following a methodology, you're not following a process, all that typical stuff that business analysis is in organizations, I've actually taken the best bits of that and I'm applying them independently um, of of the context. It's just like, it it doesn't matter what problem, I can walk into a room, I can help you solve a problem, no matter what the problem is. Is that what you feel? That's what I feel. And, and, um, you know, I I think it's it's less, whilst the, the experience and behind me and the years experience does have relevance. I don't feel it's 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 the top relevant thing because I mean you can you can get a BA that's got just as much experience as me, but actually doesn't really know how to use that experience. Mm. Um, so I, I think it's 
it comes down to the work that you do it comes down to connecting with people it comes down to showing what your value is and that's why i'm a very big um a supporter of knowing your value as a BA, knowing what you offer yeah. is very important. Um, uh, and it has a lot of like spin-offs from that, you know, because when you know your value, you know what kind of job you can apply for, you can know what kind of culture you want to work in and all of that kind of stuff. But um, to come back to, 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 to the question about the future business and analysis, I think, I think it's exactly that. I think it's, we business analysts are becoming those trusted advisors, those people that have that employ um, uh, tried and tested um, frameworks, techniques to come up with with an answer. Um, I'm when I'm, and I, I I'm going to use an example I, for governments. I think it is probably the one area where they haven't used business analysis enough. You know, I, I would like to see either every minister in any government either having had business analysis training or worked as a business or have a business analyst, senior business that sits right next to them. He says to him, you know, you're talking a bit of, you know what, um, you know, yeah. and, and helping them. Um, I think in government, I mean, if you just think at some of the solutions the government come up with, I mean, like you think, where were you, what were you thinking? What, you know? We, we were talking earlier about a project that I was working on before we recorded this, um, you know, and that's that's the thing is is that that's where business analysis needs to start. It needs yeah. to go up to, to yeah. the very top. That the people that are making policies that we make the policies based off of the understanding of the right problem, yeah. and moving yeah. down to that. And also coming back to my early statement about business business being about influencing decisions. That's where it starts. Yeah. Um, I'm laughing particularly at your government example. Many years ago, I, I had the fortune to, to go up to Harare to, to introduce business analysis to a, to a bunch of guys um, in Zimbabwe. And that's where I met my dear friend Samuel Gazimbi, who's now with you in um, New, oh, Zeal yeah. New Zealand. Um, Ryan Folster and I went up, actually, you mentioned Ryan earlier, but um, mm. Ryan and I went up and I remember uh, uh, after the day, the feedback was like the entire room, sort of 30 people said, this is amazing. We can use this to change government and fix this country. And I mean, I'm used to hearing feedback like this would be great for processes or we could fix that returns policy or something at such a, a micro level. But it's wonderful that, you know, we, we can actually use business analysis to solve some really big sort of structural, organizational, societal problems, really. It, it, it does yeah. have that power. Um, I, I, I'm going to make a bit of a statement rather than a question here because I've, I've got a, another question that I've got in mind for you as well. But, but back, to your, um, back to your sort of uh, diverse experience. Um, I read a book a couple of years ago by a guy called... Um, Franz Johansson called the Medici effect and it's about innovation and and just broadly in that book he he, he sort of categorizes two kinds of um, innovation and the world's you know calling out for innovation um, and, and so I just want to pick up on this he talks about progressive innovation and intersectional um, innovation progression is sort of the obvious one it's like there's this, and then we can take it to there, and then we can move it up. Intersectional 
is when you take things from different areas and you bring them together. And I feel like that's what you were saying as well. And when you're saying you bring all these little bits and pieces from all these different industries and you're, you're yep. connecting some dots that, uh, and, and there's some dots that other people don't see there, right? It, uh, do you feel that that yep. gives you a little bit of a step up as well? It is, and, and, and it is actually a fundamental BAE skill, being able to relate different pieces of information yeah. and build new concepts and ideas off that. And that's exactly what, what I mean, if you want to talk about the future business, is where I want to see BAs develop their skills, is being able to take different concepts and different ideas from their past and from other jobs and from uh, from. Um, even from other BAs and other industries and say, how do I bring this information together, find the relationships between them, or even the um, where there's conflict between the information, because even in conflict, you can find available information. Why is it in, in conflict? What do I learn from that conflict in, in that inf information? And then you start to build ideas upon the ideas. And, and that is that is really a fundamental business and a skill. Yeah. Um, it's. Yeah. And I, and I think it's interesting. I'm going to just kind of go back to what you were saying about when you went to Harare. Um, you know, about thinking that business was just a process. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's that's a big fundamental shift that needs to happen. That business analysis is not just about process. No. It's not just about defining and modeling and, and doing a process. It's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think if we want again talk about the future business, that we need to get away from this idea. Oh, we just process models. Or we just document writers. Or we just Defined processes. Mm. We we have mm. so much more. When I just gave an example of being able to bring that information together and and build new ideas and concepts off it. Yeah, and and, and I mean similarly back to Fabricio and his video. Um, what I loved it in particular was the, the 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 use case itself and the use case was a business use case it wasn't like an it systems analysis use case it was actually affecting impacting the business experimenting it was i mean, I mean he actually did a little sort of a b test in that little mock example of, yeah. of a process in production he touched production he made a decision in production he had he was that close to the business that he was influencing it right like there and then yeah. and i thought that was wonderful because that really did actually even in that that elevated the ba role to to like to aspire to so much more i thought yeah and as you're saying that i also realized we're going back to our earlier conversation is where does the ba sit close to the business or close to it it was i think it was it, it was great that he was kind of sitting um all the close to the, to the business but he, he kind of was independent um you know of both sides we always say don't look at the solution until you understand the problem. And it's the same thing here. Don't look at the business, don't look at the IT until you, you understand because the business will, will sway you according to their expectations and their um, paradigms and so will IT, particularly developers. Sorry, developers, let me just slide you. But you know, they, they will slide you with the way things are possible and what you can do. So we, and you kind of got to need, need to look at the problem or the need independently of all that. And that's, I think, what, what he did portray quite nicely in that, in that video. Yeah, he did. He did indeed. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to drop this one. I'm not even going to try and do any kind of smooth segue here, Paul. I'm just going to go to um, some of your answers because I can see the time. I'm not saying we're immediately rushed, but um, I do want to make sure we discuss this before we go. Dropping the title. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah. I I, I think. 
I think it's time for us to drop the title business analysis. Um, and the reason why I, I say that is that it's, it's not really about the title. It's about the skill to bring to the job. And it's about the, the business analysis skills, not about the, the role and the title that you have. And when you drop that title, it means you can slot into various different roles in different places and use your skills. And it kind of just broadens your total horizon and also your opportunity in the market to be able to work and apply skills. At the end of the day, you, well, I didn't come with that because I wanted the title. Um, I came with that because it, it fitted my personality of analytical thinking very well. So I go for jobs um, that have a lot of that kind of skill set that I can use in it. Um, so I think the titles are starting to restrict us because, um, you know, you will see the job uh, must have a business analyst and it must have this and that, whereas it's really about the skills. And then we can start to go, well, we can go work in the marketing department or we can go work in government or we can go work in, in the call center or, or wherever. It's not about the role. It's not about the title. It's about what we have to offer, the value we have to offer. Before the show, another thing we yeah. talked about was how I've got the easy job. And I'm now going to showcase that I've got the easy job by, be, by playing yeah, the yeah, but curveballs, devil's advocate, like asking the hard questions, right? Yeah. But I want to start off by saying I don't disagree with you, okay? Mm. I don't disagree with you. One, I don't believe that business analysts have a monopoly on business analysis, right? They are a set of skills that are and these people are welcome to have them, right? Execs perform business analysis, business owners perform business analysis, politicians, like, like it is there, it's ingrained. People don't know they're doing it, right? They don't identify with it, but I'm happy that they do it, right? And mm. I, I don't, you know, as I say, we don't have a monopoly. So I agree with you as a mindset, I agree with you as a set of skills, a set of tools and stuff like that, but I, I, I just worry like, what, or, or here's potentially what I might see, like, we're going to have a job title. So if we lose this one, like society organisations are going to give us one, right? Like you're going to mm. have a job title one way or another. So then that might mean that we lose community. Like if there's no business analyst job title, then there's no business analyst community because there's nobody to, to sort of talk about that thing. You then end up joining another sort of community because it will be the community of the job title that you're in because there's equivalents of all these communities all mm. over. And I also, so, so that's one thing. I feel we'll lose a sense of community. We're going to have a job title anyway. But, but the other thing is, if people don't get us when we have got a job title, what hope have we got if we've got an invisible job title? Um, engineering curveball. Um, so um, I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I think when I say lose a job title, um, I don't I don't mean you know that we don't have. The, 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 the title of business analyst. I think I think what, what I'm really referring to is um, stop worrying about the job title. Stop worrying okay. about whether I'm called a business analyst or whether I'm or 
you know, and, and chasing after the job title and, mm. you know, whether you senior lead, whatever, yeah. um, you know, I don't even, uh, I very seldom even use the word lead or senior BA because I'm, I'm a business consultant. Yeah. That's it. You know, um, so I think, and, and, and I totally agree with you, you know, if we do lose, lose the, the words business, we, we, we might lose a community. Yeah. Totally agree with it. So slightly refining my answer then saying like, um, I think it's, yeah, you're yeah. right. Let's not lose the word business, yeah. but let's also not become hung up that yeah. we need to have this title and this, yeah. and this role. Let's yeah. rather be, be more interested in the skills and the value yeah. that we offer. And yeah. then we can start to move into yeah. into the areas that need it. Yeah, I mean, what what would be really cool is like, let's say you do move into another job title, um, and then you start to do some cool stuff, and people are like, "Oh, I like that. What are you doing there?" You go, "Oh no, that, that's business analysis." You know, like I'll tell you what I'm doing, but my job titles may be something different. So you start to identify the skill rather than identify the role. I, I think that'd be fantastic because often you see people who are moving into a differently named job title go well what am i going to do as a business analyst it's like well you're not a business analyst you're moving into a different role that role probably requires some business analysis skills which is why you're moving into it but there's going to be some other stuff too which is cool right more strings to your bow bit more context experience bit more context independence and you you start to grow right yeah exactly um and I've certainly, I'm seeing that in, in my role now where I'm bringing a skill and people say, oh, what's that? Okay, let's use that. You know, um, I had recently on the project that, that I was working, I brought in, in a, a new kind of way of just looking at lessons learned in, in a re retrospective. Um, and um, and whilst it wasn't new to me and it's not new to the business, that's what it was new to the business, you know, but... Um, it certainly kind of, and they, they've adopted that way of doing lessons learned. So that's an example. I think it's also here, maybe good to mention, um, you know, because we're talking about the future business analysis is moving to productization and productization of your skills. So that's kind of, that's the, the, the area that I'm moving to where I'm building products around my skills and offering that to my clients. So. Um, it might be a six month gig or it might just be a five day or it might just be a one day workshop that I use to, to, um, give my skill because then it makes me with, again, a lot more versatile that I can go in they don't have to hire me for a full six months. They can hire me for a day or they can hire me for a week. Um, but it, it actually has opened a lot more avenue for, for revenue for me and for clients being able to have that, that's that, that product that I can offer. Yeah. products yeah you're talking about service thinking aren't you sure yeah, yeah yeah it is business analysis and service which you I mean you want to talk about the future business that's i think that's where we we need to head to so you know again forget about the permanent roles and, and all that you you want to kind of if you really want to kind of move your your um your needle in terms of your knowledge and your experience you've got to you've got to move and you've got to continue to move and go forward and not be stuck in one place. And I think that's, that's kind of the message that came from that manager to me many, many years ago is like, don't get stuck in one place too long yeah. because you will stagnate. Yeah, no, that, that, that is so true. You, you back to typecast stagnate. There's just little growth and, and things will get frustrating. I, I, I think, I, I, I think just to, 
add on to what you said, you know, I think I think service thinking is great for independence, for consultants. I also think it's probably going to be very good for people inside because um, what, what, one of one of the things I've often thought about is that because business analysts are so versatile, right, because we've got such a broad set of skills, we actually rarely repeat the same service or the same experience maybe for stakeholders. Mm-hmm. So I often wonder if stakeholders have difficulty in understanding what it is that we do because actually we're inconsistent in what we do because we've got the ability to do so much that it's not often that we do the same thing in the same way twice. So if we can start to bring in some consistency by defining services that we offer that are perhaps around outcomes and things, you know, like this is the product that I'm going to give you at the end of this service. That might be a really interesting way to start to define business analysis into the future. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's certainly the way I'm, I'm, I've started now defining my practice as a, as a consultant BA. Uh, so I'm, I've, I've started building um, little uh, products as a, a service products around cybersecurity. Um, I've built a product around outcomes-based needs understanding, um, um, and and so on. So it's it's remember that progression of my of my career, like specialist journeys. I'm now going back into that specialist role again. We have said these are the niche areas that I want to work in, and and the reason why I'm doing it because I'm playing to my strengths and I'm playing to the value that I know that I can offer. Um, I know in in in, in my answers to the, the podcast, one of the things I said, um, the world is changing so fast and we can get caught up in, in this change, trying to, to you know, understand every little piece and, 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 and gather every, every little piece. And instead, we, we, we need to kind of sit back and say, okay, what is interesting to me? What adds value to me? What do I have a passion for? And start building your skills around that passion rather than trying to be know it all of of everything uh, I, I get this a lot in in, in the coaching that I do with uh, aspiring BAs um, and I had a client recently and this person was all over the place um, grabbing every little course that I could do it was data analytics it was this and it was that and, I, and we had to pull it back and say like hold on what is your strategy what is it that you want to offer as a business analyst then the structure, yeah. what your knowledge base around that needs to be. And I think that's that's also important to understand is that there's a lot out there, but you've got to start finding where your niche is. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Um, the scattergun approach is, isn't going to be something that works, it's, uh, but, but I do get it. It's, it's, it's almost a, an act of desperation because they're so excited to get into the profession that they figure they're going to hit something if they've got a broad array of things. So. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's funny. It's not as intuitive to think that you need to just pick that that niche, but but you do. But um, what a great point to to end on, really. Like, find your passion, find your niche, build yourself up slowly, but towards some kind of goal that you got in place. Yeah, 
Awesome. Well, we finished already, Chief, because I was just getting excited and just getting warmed up for you. Yeah, like um, I, I don't actually time these exactly, but I know it's around 40, 45 minutes, maybe just over at the moment. So it probably is time to say thank you, Paul. I appreciate you joining me. I wish I could hang with you soon, but since you've moved to the other side of the world, it just makes that kind of thing a little less often. But uh, maybe one day maybe. I'll get over. I think you should come over for a holiday. Have you haven't been to New Zealand? I've not. No. Okay. No, you need to come to New Zealand. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot yet to experience in in, in New Zealand. Um, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, well, look, we're the land of the hobbits. You know, the hobbits. Um, uh, one of the, the 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 film sets is just on the road from me here, where some of the the, the Lord of the Rings were shot. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll probably be trying to do some in-person conferences coming up. So, yeah. Okay, that'd be yeah. interesting. I'll bear that in mind. I mean, actually, it seems like every month a, a really good friend sort of moves that way. So the number of people that I'm missing is just growing by the day. So, so yeah, that, there's a definite chance of that. But thank you, Paul. Nice to see you. And uh, we'll chat soon. Nice to meet you. Nice, and thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thanks.